Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more technical. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. This show is brought to you by Slate House Property Management. Slate House manages over 4,500 units across the Mid Atlantic, including Pennsylvania, Maryland, New Jersey, and Virginia. Slate House has built or licensed over 12 different technologies to improve returns for investors and lead to better experiences for tenants. Full-time maintenance guys help work get done quicker at a reasonable price. Slate House is set up to help you scale your business in a major way and even just launched the Slate House Marketplace where you as an investor can easily find new investment properties to buy with realistic performance. For more information on management or properties to buy, go to Slate housegroup.com call 717-413-6976 or email service at slatehousegroup.com look forward to talking to you what is up guys i am incredibly pumped uh to have a guest that i uh met at the bigger pockets conference about a year ago founder of Landlordology, uh, a website and community that I um, actually used to go to and, and learned a lot from. Uh, Lucas Hall, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Chad. How you doing, man? Doing great. So uh, I guess just let's start out with some kind of background on Lucas. Uh, what a like classic fit for the Real Estate Hackers podcast and this audience. So you started out, you kind of founded like a community, and then that got formed in kind of folded into Cozy. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Cozy came to me when I, after I had built landlordology.com and just said, Hey, we love what you're doing. You know, you're educating people on real estate and, and property management. And we are doing the same thing, except we're doing it through software. And so we'd love to build an education division uh, behind Cozy and we can either just build it or we can just acquire what you've done since it was pretty popular anyway. So I said, sure, you know, and I, I sold them the brand and the asset and I went to work at Cozy as one of their original employees and helping to build uh, the free property management software that's super popular and super useful. That's awesome. Um, and I guess maybe for folks who, I guess we'll start with Landorology. If folks haven't been there, does the site still exist? Can you still go there? Or is yeah, you sure can. It's landlordology.com. And uh, some of the articles are already being folded into a um, similar version of that on the apartments.com domain. And I think by the end of the year, if not maybe Q1 of 2021, uh, the whole site will be embedded into apartments, which is pretty cool because... So a lot of these articles that I wrote years ago uh, are now going to get, you know, anywhere from 20 to 30 million hits a month. You know, it's just, <laughs> just pretty, pretty fun. That's amazing. Uh, you pro I mean, you, could you ever have imagined the, the run here of some of these articles you wrote probably, uh, you know, in your sweatpants, in your living room, uh, will now be read by, you know, landlords across the world probably at some point. No, I never, I never would have thought. <laughs> that's, that is, that's awesome. Um, 
uh, when you think about kind of creating content for landlords, do you, do you focus on certain types of content or what's kind of your favorite stuff? to? Create? Yeah. So I, uh, I, I wrote kind of in my prime of doing the articles, I, I wrote over 250 articles about my experience as a landlord. So it was always kind of catered to like, Hey, well, you know, I'm, I'm a property manager for my own properties. I, I deal with tenants all the time. I'm experiencing hardships. And I know there must be people out there experiencing the same thing. So like, what do I want to know? And how do I explain it? And so I would research something. So I would research the state laws in my state. And then I realized, oh, other people need this stuff too. So I started formulating, you know, state law guides that were more detailed and more, um, uh, I guess, easier to read with actual links back to the statute. So, you know, like I'm not making this stuff up. And I was just super thorough on on all of it, all these topics. And uh, little by little, you know, the, it started ranking super high in Google. And then a site started picking up what I was doing. Like, I still remember one time. Uh, I was probably getting like 300 hits a day, right? I mean, not much. Uh, but then Lifehacker uh, started featuring some of the articles I had. And uh, in one day, it went up to 17,000 hits <laughs> just overnight. And I was like, well, okay, all right, let's do this. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, so you're, you, uh, yeah, I've read, and some of our listeners have probably read these too. I've read your some of your guides. Uh, I think that's probably how I got to know Landlordology was reading some of the Ooh. guides on uh, landlord law. We, we manage properties in four states. So, you know, we were constantly looking at different rules in different states. I'm sure other landlords have. So, so I guess thank you for that. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, uh, so you're building that up and building up the community. And then Cozy comes along and says, hey, uh, this is a good fit. Cozy is, for those of you that don't know, and you'll able to explain it better, but basically like a really easy way to collect rent from your tenants. Yeah, that's how we started. Uh, it's just an easy rent collection platform. But uh, we eventually grew into a full services property management software. So uh, what that means is uh, independent rental owners or small property managers is really who it's designed for. So, you know, Chad, you're, you're probably well out of our typical customer range. <laughs> but uh, typical, you know, independent la landlords with less than 20 units is, is mostly who uses us, which is almost 80% of the rental market out there in the United States. So it's huge. Uh, but they can come, they can list a property and, and syndicate that to other sites. They can collect online applications. They can screen tenants with credit reports and background checks. Then they can uh, go ahead and, and sign a lease with them. And then they, like a lease that we provide you if you want to use it. Uh, then you collect rent online, which is super easy. And then handle maintenance requests and expenses and taxes. So all of that's wrapped together and it's totally free. It like literally legitimately free for landlords and the way we make money is that we charge the independent uh, renters when they're applying, they, they pay for the credit reports, pay for the background checks. Um, and then there's some ancillary services as a landlord, if you wanted to opt into those or get extra stuff you could buy. So it's a pretty decent model. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you're basically making money from the application fee, which, you know, most, I mean, I know we charge application fees on our side because we have to pay for the credit report eventually anyway. Right. Um, so that's a, yeah, a pretty normal trade is someone is attending getting, getting charged to, to kind of run the application fee. Right. It's a really cool model. So I mean, I guess, um, I guess before we get into kind of then the apartments.com side of things, uh, I don't know. I mean, are there certain, you're seeing a lot, I guess, kind of in that, what I call the long tail of landlording. Um, mm -hmm. Anything kind of that strikes your attention, you know, over the last year that 
maybe is changing in, in that world or, uh, you know, obviously COVID has an impact. It could be COVID or, or non-COVID related, but, you know, things you're seeing changing kind of in that long tail of landlording. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So, I mean, obviously COVID, I think across the board, just forced people to go online, right? Like people who are doing physical in-person things uh, just weren't allowed to do that anymore. So they had to find solutions. And so that that spiked everything we were doing. We were seeing more interest. People were signing up like crazy and, and they needed solutions where maybe before they didn't really have a reason to stop collecting cash or stop collecting rent checks and dropping by the apartment and picking it up. You know, but then with COVID, they just weren't going to go over there anymore. So they needed to find something and, and uh, you know, Cozy and Apartments.com who uh, Apartments.com acquired Cozy in 2018 and is using Cozy as a, the back end of its platform. So um, we, we saw just a spike in adoption. We saw a spike in people wanting to find solutions for uh, like showings, virtual showings and scheduling those showings and setting it up. So they didn't actually have to go to the property, but they really wanted to see it. So they needed to coordinate with the property manager or the realtor and say, hey, can we do a FaceTime call or can we do Zoom while you're there? And I can ask questions as you walk me around. And that was just like an all time high. So we started building features that allowed that to coordinate easier and just make it um, a smooth experience. So, yeah, I saw that. And I think even before COVID, what we are seeing, generally speaking, is that more and more people are uh, going to find rent collection solutions and then using the other tools too. But the the hardest pain point is just collecting rent every month. And uh, as... (laughs) As the older landlords start to retire, the people in their 70s and 80s, right, who've just kind of done the same old thing for the last 30 years, uh, as they retire and pass those properties down to their their kids, you know, their 30 or 40 year old son is like, what? Like, you still collect rent checks? Are you crazy? You know, <laughs> and so yeah. they immediately try to find solutions that uh, that help them with that. And renters even. Uh, We're seeing renters comment and say, uh, I'm choosing properties based on how easy it is for me to have that relationship with you. So if there's two relatively equal properties or two apartments down, you know, not too far from each other, and one of them doesn't have a way for them to do everything online and the other one does, they're just going to go with the one that's using technology. It's a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? Like, you know, it's funny when we think about like other industries, if someone would say like, you know, do you, would you maybe choose a hotel based on how easy it is to book? Of course. Right. Yeah. Would you maybe choose an e-commerce site based on how simple the site is and how easy it is to book? Of course. Uh, so it's not at all shocking to us that real estate would go a similar route. And, um, I think, and I'm sure you'd agree with this. So we think like clearly rent collection is part of this game, but, you know, that's like the third inning of a nine inning game, we feel like. And right. it just keeps going. And that's the experience, you know, everything from, you know, maintenance work orders to to keys, right? Like the, you know, the process of getting a key is, is still a very, <laughs> very clunky, right? And that like tech can make it better. And so, um, you know, we, we think like, and I'm moving to hear your, your thoughts on this, but like, you know, if you can come into an apartment and everything's digitized, you can enter your apartment through a normal, you know, numbered key lock. You don't need a key. And when you have a work order on your phone, you put it in. 
you know, you pay rent on your phone, everything's automated, you're getting updates, you know, through text message, like you'd expect in other kind of services. Uh, that, that seems like that's going to become the norm, you know, in the years yeah. to come. Yeah, for sure. And I think everything that requires in-person, hands-on, you know, high-touch experience is just eventually going to go away. And like you said, with locks and keys, yeah, I mean, because most doors still are a physical key. So uh, little by little, I think companies are companies like Apartments.com, uh, we, we actually have an initiative where we are uh, looking into how to integrate digital locks to doors and be able to control that from your, your, your account, you know, like be able to um, manage codes, be able to pass those on to the tenants who want to see the property or tenants who get locked out of their property, yep. you know, that kind of stuff. And, yep. you know, once that goes in and it's connected to Wi-Fi, then you don't really need physical keys anymore. And that, that solves a huge problem. Yeah, I think from where I sit and kind of looking at different texts coming along, I think 2021 will be the year where the physical key is thrown away. And I, I had these images of just, you know, we pick up units from landlords and someone's been managing it for 10 years himself, right? They've got 10 units and maybe the units have like a, you know, there's a mailbox and there's like a front door and a back door and you just get this like gob <laughs> of keys, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, I've seen it like over and over and over and, and nothing's labeled and, or it is, but it's some herky jerky, crazy system. Um, you know, and like, it's terrible. It's, it's really clunky. Not only is that annoying, it doesn't make any sense in real life, but you know, and then you have a maintenance tech who wants to get out there and, oh, the key doesn't even work that you think works because the mm-hmm. tenants changed the lock or something stupid, you know? Yeah. Um, and just, oh, it doesn't, it, it seems like that goes away into, in the next year. Um, you know, at least for more forward thinking folks. Right. Um, talk me through a little bit. So you kind of mentioned apartments.com. So I guess Cozy was acquired by apartments.com, uh, which is also part of CoStar. So, you know, this is like uh, four levels here, Landlordology yeah. to Cozy to apartments.com to CoStar. Uh, talk me through kind of seeing all that, like all these different levels of real estate kind of companies coming together. Yeah, it's really powerful. So what I've seen just being kind of at the ground level and then moving up with these companies is that uh, there's power in data, right? And so uh, CoStar, as uh, actually Apartments.com, part of CoStar, acquired Cozy in 2018 and then said, hey, we want to build something just like Cozy, but you know, we'd, we'd like to just buy you, integrate you into apartments.com and then put it on steroids, right? Like just feed it full of you know, money and resources and, and we'll, we have connections. We also have all this data. Uh, just for example, uh, at Cozy, when we were independent, we used to sell what we call rent estimate reports. And we would buy that from a company called Rent Range, I believe. And it would, they would sell, you know, sell us the data. We would re- repackage it and tell you how much we think that your property would rent for. And it was based on some proprietary data. It was it was good. I mean, it, it did the job, but it certainly wasn't exhaustive. It, it didn't have hundreds of millions of data points, right? And you go to a company like CoStar, who's been collecting data since the 90s and sources some of these data and has, has just, it's just so much. And so uh, when we were talking to them, they we told them about this rent estimate report product we had. And I said, oh, don't worry about it. We can just, we already do that. Like we can just give you the data and then, you know, it's just fine and give it to your customer for free. You know, you don't have to buy it anymore because it's just sitting there, you know, and it's better. So things like that. And uh, as we're rebuilding Cozy within the apartments.com brand, 
were speeding up rent payments. You know, at Cozy, I think it would take anywhere from three to five days to deposit the money into your account. It's going to be a lot faster now. The, the screening reports are faster. You know, there's just more options. So when you partner up and you you work with, you know, a company that's got billions of dollars in the bank, you just you have access to resources to to serve the customer better, and that's what I'm super excited about. It's interesting. I was on a um, I was on a conference or a, what was it like a webinar or something the other day. And I was talking about how we so we believe consolidation in property management is coming, mm-hmm. um, and I guess really consolidation in real estate is probably the better way to say it. But but uh, in some of these kind of like hyper local places like property management where. You know, I mean, you used to have, uh, you know, tens of thousands of uh, individual prime management companies uh, scattered, you know, when the average one manages 150 units or 200 units or whatever. Um, and, and the same concept is like the long tail of all these people who are self-managing properties. And it just seems like uh, we agree, like tech and data lead to this leverage that creates just better experiences for everybody. Right. Uh, it seems like you're, you're seeing some of that as well. Yep, absolutely. We're seeing company tech companies buying up other co- tech companies. We're seeing you know the big property management companies buying up dozens at a time of other smaller property management companies. And the name of the game is the economies of scale. You know, just get big as fast as you can and and uh, reap the profits from it. Yeah. Talk me through. Um, uh, you, you talked a little bit about kind of the keys and stuff like that. One one topic that we talk to a lot about with owners is the value of doing digital showings versus in-person showings. And I find that like, you know, older, old school owners really value kind of in-person showings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and look, there's, there's clearly the COVID angle to this, but even taking COVID aside, I'd just be interested to hear your thoughts on, you know, kind of the, the digital showing where someone can get a code and show it to themselves versus someone being there, you know, we see advantages and disadvantages to each. Uh, I just be interested to see your thoughts on it. Maybe if you have any data to, you know, what's more successful or, or anything you mm-hmm. guys are seeing kind of in, in your overall landscape. Yeah, that's a great point. So uh, as an independent renter owner, excuse me, or landlord myself, I, I have five properties in three states and I manage some of them from 2000 miles away. So uh, when I was living in DC, where a lot of my properties are, I, I would meet the tenant in person. And I always really like to do that because, uh, you know, I'm potentially going into business with this person. They're going to be my customer. I want to kind of feel out who they are. And if they're, you know, if they show up and they're, they're nicely dressed or if they're able to um, present themselves well and treat themselves well, like it just, there's a little bit of that in there. And uh, while I think a lot of people think that's a good thing. Uh, I've, I've kind of come to realize over the years that that's actually kind of a bad thing from a discrimination standpoint, because once you expose yourselves to the potential unknown biases that you're not aware of, right, then you, you see or you make judgments on people that uh, you may use in your screening process. And so by not actually meeting them, necessarily in person, you eliminate a lot of the potential biases that you could have. And therefore, you're protecting yourself legally. Uh, Now, I know some people are never going to do that. They're never going to actually stop meeting in person or don't have the option to. But uh, for tools that you can use to help with that, like virtual screen or virtual uh, showings, it really does make sense. I mean, uh, you know, these tenants or these renters, they don't necessarily want to see 
a model unit. You know, that's really popular in large apartment communities where it's like, hey, come look at our two bedroom model. And that's basically what you're going to get. Uh, they don't really care about that. Like they'll look at it, but they really want to see the exact unit number they're going to find. So if they, if they're potentially renting 502, unit 502, they want to go see 502, not a two bedroom model. And uh, the problem with that is that uh, property managers can't necessarily get people in there if it's occupied. Mm -hmm. And so uh, if they can do virtual showings of each individual unit or Matterport uh, images and then when it is available, create those, those videos, uh, then they can show the tenants these specific videos for the specific units. And a lot of times the renter is you know, pretty happy with that and they're willing to sign a lease even without stepping foot into the unit. But, um, but they're not satisfied with just touring a model. It just isn't good enough. So I think there is a huge place, especially in large apartment communities where you know, put together like a whole portfolio of videos or Matterports or whatever, and then use those to uh, remotely sign renters. It's interesting. Like, I mean, it, I mean, it's almost like three batches of leasing, right? So there's the old school approach where it's literally, you know, walking someone through an apartment. And then you've got the more technical road, which we use a lot of, which is a digital lockbox where you kind of, you get a code, you let yourself in, but you're still kind of walking there yourself. And then this third, um, you know, uh, online version. And at some point, probably a fourth, like virtual reality version where you feel like you're there. <laughs> right. Um, it's interesting to see kind of these four, kind of breaking those four quadrants. It's interesting to see data of what leads to better conversions because each has its strengths, right? There's, it is, you know, old school people will, will always agree. Like, yeah, it's nice to have some, to be able to kind of show someone something and try to sell the place. Uh, but what we often point to is like, Yes, you lose the selling maybe aspect if you're not there in person with them, but you pick up the ability for someone to check it out like when they're available. And they're, right. they, they might be available Monday night at 10 o'clock at night right. Right, with their new roommate or something. And, uh, you know, to, to be able to kind of ex- experience it that way. And then, and then ultimately to be able to experience it without even ever even physically going there, it takes it to a whole nother level. So, sure. I mean, I can imagine, you know, the virtual showing aspect of it, especially if it's like a pre-recorded, you know, like a guarantee that it is, it, it does going to, it's going to match the videos or more Matterport or whatever. Right. And as long as you can guarantee that it's going to match and, and it's available, uh, it will reduce your vacancy because uh, especially with apartments, you, you can't, it's, it's usually not a best practice to show a unit while it's occupied. Now, single family homes that, that can be okay. But apartments is typically a big no-no. So you you lose all of that time where uh, you can't even get somebody in there to look at it until the previous tenant's gone. And then you have a week or two or four where you've got to turn it over. But if you can do a virtual showing, you could line somebody up you know, months before the previous lease even expires and have yeah. them move in the next day, yeah. assuming there's no painting or anything involved. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's interesting. The uh, just the uh, that's another aspect of this whole thing, which is interesting, which is like the not only does a leasing agent have to get there, but also mm-hmm. people are living there potentially. Sure. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, I don't know how you get your hands on this, but I'm interested to see like the, the the conversion data of these different leasing experiences and how that plays out over time. It's, it's you know, it's really hard data to get a hold of. Um, right. Right. And I think it's going to come down to also the, the type of renter that it's going to appeal to. You know, you can imagine 
younger, uh, more tech savvy renters are going to love it. And they're going to think it's awesome. And they've already like mentally moved into the apartment, you know, and all they've done is sit there, you know, looking at it on their phone while they're watching Netflix. Right. So, you know, that, that's one aspect, but then you're also going to have like, um, families that, that, uh, don't like, they aren't going to move in anywhere until they like feel, <laughs> they go around and feel how safe it is for their kids. Right. So, you know, you're going to have both. And I, I don't think it's going to be a quick switch. It's going to be slow and steady, but, um, eventually I think the industry will get there. Cool. Um, you guys see a lot, uh, across all these different platforms and brands you, you own, um, anything surprising to you this year, uh, this year or the last couple months, you know, as you get to know more about what's out there, like surprising trends or things that maybe people wouldn't expect that that's growing or decreasing. Uh, uh, you know, it's COVID related, but uh, we were very surprised how it, the renting didn't slow down, right? Like, yeah, I mean, some people had a hard time paying rent, but uh, in terms of like finding apartments or units and then moving in, like that process continued, even though people were in lockdown, right? People were still signing leases. People are still searching. I mean, traffic on apartments.com was at an all time high and people were looking for their new place, hmm. which I, I just would never have guessed when there's stay at home orders and people are scared for their lives of a, of a disease. So the bottom line is that like, when you need a place to live, you need a place to live. And, you know, you're not going to stop, you know, that's a priority. That's a, that's an essential item. So, yeah, um, that was really interesting. It's interesting. Uh, you know, we, we've, so we've seen, we've talked about on this show before we had 200 vacant units. We were marketing in January and in June we were at, at like 75. Um, and that's not like, like there's no seasonality to that. normally. Right. Like, <laughs> um, if anything, maybe you'd have more in the summer. So, uh, that was crazy. Um, I'm interested to, to hear your point on this. Um, do you feel like, do you feel like things are renting faster? I think one of our hypotheses is that there's like a housing shortage out there right now. Um, you know, new construction not coming on as fast, tax sales not happening, evictions not happening, and, and kind of all that decreasing kind of supply while on the flip side, you have an increase in demand. Just people don't want to live with other people right now. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in your, your thoughts because I don't, I don't have the data telling me there's a housing shortage other than I, I see it every day that it feels like there is one. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I also don't have the data, but um, I, if I had to go with my gut feeling, I would say just based on some of the data I have seen that uh, it's actually shortening. The period of time that things are on the market are shortening in suburban markets. Uh, places like New York and San Francisco, they're always hot, sure. but but right now they're just, I don't think they're as hot. Of course. Um, I could be wrong, but that's my gut feeling is that people, you know, even, even in major metro cities, like where I live near Denver, um, people are, you know, buying more houses out in the suburbs just because they're, they're kind of done with the, you know, close quarters and city livings. So uh, I think that's also applicable to the rental market. It's a good point, right? That like, I guess when you talk about kind of how fast things rent, you got to kind of throw out probably the top five to 10 right. uh, really densely populated areas. Um, that's interesting. Cool. Um, what, you know, one thing we ask every guest here is something you're excited about for the next, you know, three, six, 12 months in kind of the intersection of real estate and tech. Um, you know, you see a lot. Uh, you've got a community you've built 
different kind of products you build on, uh, anything kind of come to mind, either stuff you're working on or just stuff more holistically uh, across real estate? Yeah, thanks. Um, I appreciate it. So like every day I, I live and breathe uh, what we call rental tools at apartments and I'm a product manager there and I'm helping to release new features. And it's essentially, if anyone is familiar with Cozy, it's essentially Cozy just with better and more features. So uh, things like we now offer and give away a jurisdiction-specific rental lease. So we went and hired a national law firm to help us create actual legal leases that would work in every single jurisdiction in the country. So that if you came to us and you said, I don't have a lease, you know, we can give you one that we spent millions of dollars making and we will, um, we can guarantee or ensure that it actually is going to work for your area. And it's, you know, fair for both sides. It's just a good solid lease. And so, you know, that eliminates then the fear of not having a good lease that eliminates, uh, people going online and downloading the first free lease that they find, or even having to pay for a state specific lease that may or may not work for your county. So, you know, we, we are trying to solve real problems uh, for independent uh, rental owners, mid-market, you know, 50 units and, and even above. So uh, that's the kind of stuff I'm excited about because um, personally as a landlord myself, uh, I try to, I'm trying to build a portfolio that I can eventually pass down to my my daughter and build wealth that will help her live life a little bit easier. And I think that by making these tools uh, easily accessible, making them free, making them powerful, that uh, we're doing the same thing for thousands or you know hopefully hundreds of thousands of landlords all across the country and helping them build wealth that's going to create a legacy uh, for them for generations to come. It's awesome. Uh, I mean, there's there's so much there. I, I I come to mind that the first is we you know we onboard a lot of units every month, and um, I get to see the leases. And it you'd be I mean I could probably get a viral Facebook thing going live of the Facebook uh, of the some of these leases we see. I mean, to call it a lease is like totally unfair. It's it's literally a scrap of paper where <laughs> you know someone either hand wrote or maybe typed out a few lines. Um, you know, they, like you wouldn't, I mean, I, you know, if I'm agreeing with my mother on something, I would probably want something a little more tangible than this. Um, you know, incredible, <laughs> impossible to read, sure. no idea what's going on here. Uh, and so it, it is interesting how bad the average lease is. Like people are like scared about these like really minute, you know, details of all the, you know, what if the, like all these five things come together and the tenant sues me. It's like, I mean, th- there's just some basic stuff. Like, well, is the tenant allowed to have pets here? Like, <laughs> who's paying for utilities? What's the late fee? You know, right. where's the tenant contact info? You know, there's some like, right. you know, right. grassroots stuff that is that is missing. Uh, and that's really cool that you guys uh, have done that. And then I guess that what well, that leads me to my next point, which is I think, you know, when we think about like, like one of our theories is that real estate um, values will actually go up. Um, over time, uh, specifically kind of like that, that single family home that rents for, you know, eight, 900 bucks. And one of our theories is that it goes up because just better access to information, right? Mm-hmm. Access to information, access to tools means it's easier for anyone to be a landlord. It's also easier for people to invest and also easier for funds to invest and also, you know, the long tail investments and, and just, you know, when other sectors have seen that usually things asset, you know, asset values rise along the way. And it's interesting. I don't think about 
a lease as being part of that, but sure it is, right? Like access to data, right? And sure. like a lease and, and a better lease means lower eviction rates, better returns, you know, more standardized systems. Sure. Um, and then it also means when you go sell it, you know, and you turn over that lease, you're, you're getting a lease that's much more predictable, right? Than, <laughs> you know, some of these crazy things we see. Right. Yeah, couldn't agree more, especially if you sell. I mean, I, I've seen it a dozen times where somebody is buying a, a unit with a renter in there and there's no lease. I mean, there's not even there's not even a napkin that was scribbled on. Right. And uh, it's 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 part of the fear of like, oh, shoot, am I going to get this? You know, am I going to buy this property? And then I'm going to spend three months or four months evicting this renter because they just decided not to pay rent. And uh, then that's time I can't you know, turn it over as an investment. I can't flip it. I can't live in it, whatever. Right. And I mean, you're talking, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars on the tube. So if something as simple as a lease lets you, you know, have that power and that, or, or that, uh, just that right to, you know, help be part of the conversation and control the situation. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I don't know if you have like a favorite lease story, but I, mine is we bought a property one time, 17 units in a really rough part of town. And, um, the guy, first off, nothing's digitized, right? So he just, you know, hands us literally a stack of like, <laughs> I don't know, a thousand pieces of paper and it's like no organization. Um, but the crazy thing was every unit, the tenants paid tw- uh, every two weeks. Okay. Uh, so yeah. instead of once a month, every two weeks. And then even to me, the weirdest part of this, that, that alone was really strange, but it wasn't standardized. So like unit one might've paid like, on you know Tuesday and the second and the seventeenth, <laughs> and then unit four paid on like the sixth and the whatever the twenty second or whatever right. it is, and so every unit was on different days. And I said like, what? Like why do you do this? And he said, well, it's great. There's always money coming in every day. <laughs> oh my gosh, every day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know he said like, hey, I guess you've never guess you're too young. You never heard of mailbox money? We get it in every day. And That's I was horrible. Like, what the heck? Yeah. That sounds exhausting. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah. And then so you had to get these people off of that, you know, into a more normal, like, so actually rent's due on the first and you pay your whole month's rent. Uh, yeah. Like, you know what? Like, but no, like Jimmy says, I pay on the fourth and the 17th. It's like, well, not anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. I, I don't have a favorite lease story. That That's probably the best one I've heard, but uh, I do have a wild rent collection story. So, you know, I used to go around, and I think it might've even been at the bigger pockets conference where I met you. Uh, I was at this, this booth talking to this lady about cozy and, uh, you know, she was asking about what we do. And I said, well, one of the big things, rent collection, you know, online rent collection. And she's like, oh, I don't, I don't need that. And I'm like, okay, uh, sure. Well, just out of curiosity, how do you collect rent? And she's like, well, I do the ice cream truck method. And I just kind of paused and thought, uh, I don't, I don't know that one. So, uh, so tell well, me tell more. me about that. What, what is that? And she's like, oh, it's great. Well, all my houses are right on one like road, one strip, right? And so what I do on the first of the month is I drive down the road, I roll my windows down and blare the music. And then they come out of their houses and they just give me money. <laughs> like, wow, that's amazing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is there a certain song she likes is it like you know billy know. joel or you know what's she what's yeah. what's the is it hip-hop going on like what's the is there, is there a song of choice that means like when you hear you know the rolling stones play uh you know this song 
it's time for rent collection month. You know? yeah, I know, really. I mean, I, I should have asked her, like, what's your favorite song? I just, I, I asked her, I said, well, what do you do if they don't come out? She's like, oh, I come back the next day. <laughs> and I guess she keeps doing that until she gets all of her money. I and I, I was like, all right, well, if you decide to change your mind, I'm here. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when we hear those kinds of stories, we think, one of our big theories is like real estate doesn't have to be local. Right. And that like, mm-hmm. I, you know, it isn't for you. You manage stuff in, in, you know, the other, uh, the other side of the country. Um, and it's like, you know, to her, that's like the old school approach to real estate, right? It's like, right. yeah, everything I manage is like on one street and I can drive by and that's where I collect rent. And, and in that case, like it has to be local. Right. And so right. real estate doesn't have to be local when, when tenants can pay online and you know, you could be anywhere. They can still sure. reach you. So that's awesome, man. Um, well, cool. Uh, any any parting thoughts of uh, kind of coming out of this COVID uh, era? You see any any kind of lingering effects next year, or a kind of a transition out of COVID? Uh, I don't know. Maybe talk that through. It's, it's- yeah. I, I, so, I mean, what's been on top of my mind recently is that uh, we're probably in for another round of stay-at-home orders. Is my guess. Maybe, you know, hopefully not over the holidays, but uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it kind of k- kicks back up again and then we have to all kind of buck her down to till COVID goes away again. But uh, the point is, uh, it shouldn't surprise us now, right? Like it, it, last time it caught us off guard. Now, as investors, like now's the time to start making changes to your business so that you can survive anywhere, right? So you can ensure that rent collection happens and you aren't losing rental in- income because because there's an eviction moratorium, you know, that kind of stuff caught people off guard, but uh, learn your lesson, right? Like don't, don't put yourself in a situation where that's going to affect you. And for example, you know, most online rent collection tools that are designed for property management, they have automatic late fees built in. And so there's like this system where if, if it doesn't, if the account doesn't have a balance of zero, it triggers whatever the late fee is that you've already specified. And you're not the bad guy. The system is the bad guy because the system is automatically doing it. But what ends up happening is that tenants realize they're not going to get a, well, get away with it. So they just pay their rent. They, they just do it. And uh, what we saw is that people who are using these tools, uh, using any sort of property management software to collect rent, they didn't see a drop in rent collection. They really didn't. It was uh, it was the people who don't have these systems set up who are now struggling to figure out, you know, what to do when the tenant decided not to write that rent check. Yeah, it's interesting. We we didn't see a drop, uh, and it was it was a bit shocking. I felt like the sky was falling, um, <laughs> but we we didn't see a shock. And I I guess we fall into that using tech um, side of things. Um, actually, it brings up an interesting point. A bit of a, a caveat to that is one thing we've been kind of encouraging. In particular, in like C class, B minus type stuff, is um, very short leases right mm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that we see in a lot of our markets is uh, with there's eviction moratoriums, but there's a, there's kind of a nuance, and this is like totally a state by state, even a city by city thing. So like, even in in Pennsylvania, you know, we see Philly doesn't abide by the rest of Pennsylvania rules. So like, be very careful about what to say. But we're seeing in, in a lot of areas. You know, there was maybe a CDC guideline saying you can't evict someone if they file the CDC protection. But if the lease is up, the CDC protection doesn't support them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a, a kind of having a short-term lease protects 
in this kind of uh, uncharted territory. And of course, the laws could change. We've seen certain cities and states give protections for even even tenants who are out of lease. Mm-hmm. Um, so it totally depends where you are. Uh, is this something you guys are talking about at apartments.com or seeing it at Cozy? Uh, uh, that's interesting. I, no, but just what you've said now is going to cause me to go look that up because I'm, I'm curious to see, we do know what, what lease periods there are and like people enter in start dates and end dates of leases. And uh, we know that that window of um, time, but we also see people who enter in month to month leases and we know that just kind of goes on forever. So if I had to guess, I mean, I'm going to go look it up, but if I had to guess, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there's now an increase in month to month leases being added to the system and a decrease in actual fixed term leases yeah, uh, just yeah, because should, of that flexibility. Yeah. I'd, I'd be uh, shocked. I'd be interested to hear what you, what you find on the data front. I know it's something that we're trying to push. And again, it, it, it depends on the area. So, you know, just mm-hmm. in our areas like New Jersey, that doesn't work and Philly doesn't work, but the rest of Pennsylvania and uh, Maryland and Virginia, that kind of philosophy does work. So it, it all kind of depends. And then these rules change every couple of weeks as new rules come out. And, and, and then the local judge kind of does whatever he wants to do. Right. right. So like, you know, the local magistrate sometimes just overrules everyone just says, I'm not evicting anyone for another right. four months. When even right. though he has no protection by the, the law to do that, that's what he's going to do. And right. Um, I, I see independent rental owners actually struggling a little bit with competing against larger apartment communities. Yeah. Uh, they've never quite been in the same, you know, market necessarily because somebody who's looking for a house is going to look for a house and they probably wouldn't live in an apartment. But, but what's happening is across the board, large apartment communities are uh, struggling to fill some of their vacancies or it's going a little slower. So they're offering tremendous incentives like, like three months free. Right. I mean, I, I've never seen that. I've heard of like no security deposit. I've heard of one month free or whatever, but three, that's, that's quite a bit. And if, if you as a smaller rental owner or apartment owner are competing against that, you've got to now offer something that is going to maybe draw their attention. And I, I don't recommend giving away three months free, but maybe if you say, Hey, I'll let you do a month to month lease at the same price that a 12 month lease would be right. I'm not going to, have a markup, right. uh, that uncertainty in this COVID world is going to be attractive. And so that's, yeah, it's, that's the yeah, way to do it. That's right. It's kind of a win for both sides, right? It's kind of saying, mm-hmm. hey, look, me as the owner, I'm not sure I want to be tied to you forever. And hey, you as a tenant, like, uh, you know, you know, in, in, in four months, if this COVID thing opens up and now you have to go back to being in person, you know, maybe you want to have some flexibility on your lease too. Right. So, right. Cool, man. Well, Lucas, it is awesome to, an honor to get you on here. I, you're one of the first people that kind of educated me on real estate. <laughs> I got in around, I don't know when you started. I, I started around 2013 or so. So yeah, uh, I must started be, 2004. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're way before that, but yeah, you're definitely one of the first people that I went to for information. I'm sure many of our uh, users have been on Landlordology before and, and for sure Cozy and Apartments.com. Thanks a ton for for coming on and 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 really interested to hear more about your data and tech insights in the future. And then we'll have you back on here again. That's awesome. Well, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, before you leave, a good way to reach you if if folks are interested in in cozy or landlordology or the products you're building or you know just kind of want to uh, hear more about how they can get access to stuff. Yeah, sure. I mean, you can you can check out all those websites. Uh, my direct email is lucas at cozy.co. And that'll that'll get me if you have a question. So you're you're the Lucas at landlordology.com. That doesn't work anymore. No, that works. 
Yeah, that <laughs> do you have like four emails? I do. Now? <laughs> I had I a do. feeling like uh, yeah. co-star and all these different things coming together. And I, I you know, uh, the parting shot. I wonder if, you know, if we believe consolidation in real estate is coming, and frankly, into into larger tech companies, it'll be interesting to see. You know, is there a time when it's like, you know, Verizon and Verizon acquires. Zillow, you know, and yeah. and with that, a subset of like five different companies right. all come together to form these like big behemoth tech companies right. that right. trade. I, I don't know. That's interesting uh, because I don't know if the government would allow that. Right. <laughs> you know, even even the acquisitions as big as CoStar, they uh, the government is very particular about what they allow yeah. companies to buy and what they're not. But but I do see. Uh, companies growing in size to the point where they are doing everything in real estate, where it's it's not just you know rentals or it's not just a brokerage or sales. Yeah. It's it's everything. Like you just go to one site and you can find you can buy a house, you can rent a house, you can be a tenant, you can you know uh, get you know pictures taken of your place, like whatever. Or you can you know you can invest as an investor in you know shares of a place. I, I don't know, but I think that's the future probably in the next decade and. Uh, whatever that central repository is, is still unseen. But, uh, but I think there will eventually be one or two people at the top. Cool. Lucas, man, thanks for joining us. Really cool stuff. Love all your insights and look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today. I have one more request. If you like this show, could you just please give us a review on Apple Podcasts? I'd really, really appreciate it so more investors can hear about us. Follow us at Real Estate Hackers on Instagram if you're cool like my wife. And if you have a great real estate hack, hit me up. Maybe we'll get you on this show. Real Estate Hackers is an on-air brands production. Eric and team are unbelievable. Thanks for all you do for the show. See you soon.